Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right, so we're going to start right now with a little uh, game, actually. And um, the game's called Who Said That? And so I'm going to play a famous clip, just an audio clip. And um, I I want you to uh, uh, yell out as soon as you know uh, who, like, what character from what movie said it and who the actor is that's playing that character, okay? And the first one to yell it out gets a billion points, all right? (laughs) So so here we go. So let's, uh, let's do that first one. I think this one, the first one's pretty easy. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Yeah, okay. Happy you get a billion points there. You're the first one I heard. Good job. And so that, of course, was uh, Darth Vader, and it was uh, James Earl Jones, the coolest voice in the world, uh, doing that one. Okay. So now this one, um, you've got to be a little older um, to recognize this one. Uh, so let's go ahead and play it. I want you to rest well, and a month from now, this Hollywood Big Shot's going to give you what you want. Too late. They start shooting in a week. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. Yeah, the classic menacing line. So that is the Godfather, Mitzi. You get a billion points there. And then, uh, Michael, I heard you yell to uh, Don Corleone. So uh, that's a, you get a billion and a half because you got the, that right. And, so, and that, of course, was Marlon Brando was uh, playing that one. Now, this one uh, is for our younger audience. And by that, I mean, like, if you're 40 or less, you should uh, uh, be able to get that one. So let's, uh, let's play this one. Just met you, and I loved you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! Squirrel! All right, Austin, I saw you get it there. A billion points for you. And that uh, was Doug in the movie Up the Dog there in his famous line, Squirrel, right? So now, how did you know? How did you know who it was? Well, maybe you've heard it before, right? Or you recognize their voice? Or maybe it's the content, you know, I'm your father. And so everybody knows that that's Darth Vader who says that. So I want to show you a passage here. Open your Bible if you have them to John 10, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the voice of God. And uh, so we're going to be in John, we'll go over to 14 here in a minute, but let's start with uh, John 10, 22. And Jesus tells us, my sheep listen to my voice. There's some translations that say, my sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, so how do we know the voice of God? How do we know that God talks to us? Well, the scripture tells us that we know his voice. We listen to his voice. He's actually speaking to us all the time. And so we are in a time right now where it is so important, where careful consideration needs to be given to now, what is the voice I'm listening to? Who am I hearing from? And to tune in, now, God, which way would you have me go? Now, first of all, we find that this is the final authority on anything that we hear, anything we believe, we look to God's word. And this has given us everything we need for life and godliness, that we have the direction that we need. We know the principles and the truth. But in life, sometimes it is difficult to know how do we apply those things, this truth, to our specific situation. And that's where we need to hear from the voice of God. We need his direction 
for where we're going every day and everything that we do. And it's never been so important as it is right now because there are so many misleading voices. There are so many things that feel kind of true. We talked about this last week. So many things that, that, that it might be good, but actually it's not. And we need to know, okay, God, what would you have me do? Where do you want me to go in the midst of this? And I want to obey you. And, and he wants to talk to you. But there's some of us here who would say, well, wait a second, I, I, can't, I can't hear God. God doesn't talk to me, right? And so many of us think that it's an ability problem. Like, well, maybe you can hear from God, but I just don't have that ability. I don't have that gift. I can't do it. Some of us think it's a relationship problem. Like, God, he just doesn't, he just doesn't talk to me like that. Or some of us think that, that it's a rejection problem. I think most of us at one time have said, ah, I think God's mad at me right now. He's withholding from me because he's, he's angry. He just won't talk to me at this time. But I actually think that none of those things is the real problem. I think the real problem is actually a theology problem. The real problem is what we believe. So now let me just show you this. Let's get into some theology here. So let's go over to John 14, just a a few uh, pages from where we just were. And Jesus is speaking again. And this is so important. This is so important to your theology, what you believe about God. In John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you, how long? Forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now here's some big, big theological statements that we're getting to right now. But you know him. Listen to this. For he lives with you. Lives with you. Doesn't come and go. Doesn't every once in a while show up. Because of Jesus and in Jesus, he lives with us. That's continual. That's constant. And and this is amazing. And he will be, catch this, in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, everybody here, who, who here has the Holy Spirit residing in them? Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, your hands should be up, right? If Jesus is your Lord, the moment you came to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will be in you and he will be with you. Now, when does the Holy Spirit leave you? Never, right? He'll be with you forever. He is always with you. And what does the Holy Spirit do who is in you, always with you? He is teaching you and he is guiding you in all truth. That's our theology, See, and a lot of times our problem with hearing God is that we have bad theology. We don't understand that he is always with us, that he is in us, and that he is guiding us in all truth. And when does the Holy Spirit stop guiding us? When when he's mad at you? Okay, have you ever read the Old Testament? I mean, God talks the loudest when he's mad, right? When you're in trouble, that's when he screams. I mean, what are all the prophets? Like, stop it! Don't go that way. Turn around. I mean, his voice gets louder and louder the further away they go, right? That's when God starts screaming, actually. He doesn't go silent at that time. And and the problem in the Old Testament is not that God isn't speaking. God is speaking all the time. The problem in the Old Testament is that we aren't listening. I want to show you one of my favorite passages. I've probably preached on this before because I just love it. It's Psalm 81. It is so good. And when you talk about theology, there's just so much in this passage. But it's 81 verse 10. Speaking about Israel, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. 
I love this. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Do you get the heart of God right there? I just want to bless you. I want to speak to you. I just, I just want to pour it out on you. Just, oh, just receive. But here's the problem. But my people would not listen to me. I wanted to fill you, overflowing, but you just wouldn't listen. Israel would not submit to me. So part of listening is actually acting upon what we hear God say, right? And now, do you want to know the most frightening judgment? You want to know the, most, the scariest place to be when it comes to the wrath of God? It's what he says next. So this is, this is the terrifying place for anyone to land up. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts. That's wrath. That's a terrifying place to be. Oh God, don't give me over to my stubborn heart. Don't let me go to a place where I get to just follow my own devices. But if you won't listen, he'll, he'll say, okay, have it your way. If, verse 13, if my people, if they would just listen to me, if you would just listen, if Israel would follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you, if you'll listen, if you'll follow, if you'll submit, if you'll obey, if you'll just hear me, you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. And see, here we are, like, well, God's given me the silent treatment. God won't talk to me. God doesn't get the silent treatment. We give the silent treatment. You ever get the tri- silent treatment from someone? You know, it, it, it appears to be like they're taking the high road, right? Maybe you've done it. Like, well, I'm, I'm, just, gonna, I'm just not going to talk to them. Well, actually, it's manipulative. Actually, the silent treatment is controlling. In fact, psychologists would tell us that it's one of the most passive-aggressive relational tactics you can possibly pick up. Super unfair. It is wrong to give someone the silent treatment. See, that's what immature people do. That's what emotionally stunted people do. See, and God can't do it because he is not emotionally stunted. God is mature and grown up and he deals with things and he talks about things and he goes through things. God doesn't give the silent treatment. And here we are, oh God, please answer me. Oh God, please see me. Where, tell me where in your Bible that it tells me that he stopped seeing you. That's bad theology. So we gotta get our theology right on this thing. You see why this is a theological problem? I mean, theologically, you can, according and be in line with scripture and pray, I'm having a tough time discerning what God is saying right now. Okay, that, that's reasonable. And, and you can say, my sin, it's, it's clouding my clarity. That's scriptural. You can say, my fears is interrupting my courage at this time. Or my pain, it's just getting in the way of my confidence right now. You can say, there's so many options out there. I'm just, I'm, I'm confused. But theologically, you cannot pray, oh God, you left me. Theologically, you can't pray, God, why won't you help me? Why, why won't you lead me? The spirit is within you and he is guiding you in all truth. What's your theology on the Holy Spirit? Is he dwelling within you or not? Is he guiding you or not? Is he taking a break right now? Maybe he's taking a nap. Is that the problem? You know, are his promises, are his grace, is his heart that weak and that fickle that he can't come through from you? And oftentimes our real problem is it isn't as God's talking to us or even if we're hearing it, it's just faith. He spoke to us and we just don't quite believe it's him. We don't have the faith to say, okay, I think that's what he's saying and I'll do it. 
Gideon, perfect example, where God whittles his army down to 300 guys about to face tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Midianites. And so the battle's about to go and he's scared, understandably. And he comes before God because of his faith. He says, all right, God, just please show me, is this really what you want me to do? And he puts this piece of wool out and he, and he says, okay, now, if this is what you want, then, then make the wool all wet and then all the ground dry. Like the dew will just go on the wool and, and that'll be enough for me. And so he wakes up the next morning and that's exactly what happens. And he says, that's not quite enough for me. And he says, okay, if you would, if you just do it the other way now, make the wool dry and everything else, everything else wet and, and then, then it'll be enough for me. And God does exactly that. Because he's having trouble believing. God has told him, go do this with these people. He's just like, I don't know. Are you sure? Put your hand right here and say this. The Holy Spirit is right here. Today, tomorrow, always. He's always there. Right now. At all times. You see, we've got a theological problem and we've got a faith problem, just not sure. Just ask. And you've got to trust that he's going to guide you. Here, here's good news. He speaks fluent you. You know, he knows how to get through. Analytical people. Raise your hands, analytical people. Listen, I got good news for you. God speaks fluent nerd. <laughs> Amen. You know, you analytical people, you know, you're always like, oh, is that God? Ooh, I got to look at it this way and this way. And, mm -hmm. You know, maybe this is God. You know, listen, he knows you're like that. He created you that way. It's okay. And he knows how to speak your language. Emotional people. Where's Eric? Emotional people. That's, that's not a cut or a dig. That's a beautiful thing. God's got a, mo we talked about it, by the way. I didn't hurt his feelings, just so you know. So he's, he's, he's got emotion, right? That's a good thing. God wired him that way, just like he wired the analytical people that way. And he knows how to speak Eric. He knows how to speak to you emotional people. He knows that you're going to go over here and you're going to go here. And he knows how to like, just come on, son. Come on, daughter. He knows how to speak fluent you, right? But here's the problem. Sometimes we just want a different answer. It's not, God, you're not speaking to me. It's, God, you're not telling me what I want to hear. Micah 6, 8, what does God want? He wants us to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. But God, I want revenge. I want my way. How can I get you to tell me I can have my way? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep asking until you give me the right answer, right? And so should I go to Mexico with a mission trip? Or, or should I take this Bahama vacation with my family? Lord, I'll do either. I lay them before you, right? And so we ask God. And, and then that very day that we ask God, the, the leader of the trip calls us. How's your support coming? How are things going? We see three articles about the border crisis. And then we go with our, our friends to lunch and one of our friends plays a trick on us and they come out with a sombrero, they put it on our hat and they sing to us in Spanish. And then we, we go home and we're like, oh God, why won't you speak to me? Why won't you just show me what you want? I'm asking, but you never tell me, oh Lord. Now tell me, what's it going to take to get me into the Bahamas today, Lord? <laughs> show me, God, how I can get you to say yes. See, sometimes we already know. 
And it's just not the answer that we want. We want a different answer, right? So what does God's voice sound like? And here's the thing, like I'm saying, he speaks differently to different people. He knows how to speak to you. Sometimes God's voice sounds like, like a suggestion or counsel from others. You know, we've got an elder group that, that every Tuesday we meet together, a number of the pastors, there's four of us, and we don't really make any move here spiritually for this church unless all four of us say that's what we should do. And you know what, I'm so thankful for that, that they, God speaks to me through that team. It's a covering that, that I've come underneath and, and it's like, okay, Lord, speak to me through them. You've given me this authority, thank you. And so oftentimes they'll say, not yet, Slow down a little bit. I'm so thankful. They protect me. God speaks to me through that. Sometimes it'll come through circumstances. Well, this door's not opening. This door's not opening. Ah, well, there's the one. Or repetition. Sometimes God, you know, I, I keep hearing that message. I keep hearing that idea. Well, then pay attention. This keeps coming up. Well, maybe God wants, he's gonna keep saying it until you get it. God can speak to you in a dream. He spoke to me in a couple of dreams before. He can speak to you in a vision. Sometimes it'll come as just this feeling of challenge or conviction or even encouragement. But you know what God's voice most often sounds like to me? This is what I think. I think this is pretty good. That most often God's voice is a thought that I didn't have that resonates with a truth that I already know. I think that's good preaching. I'm going to say that again. A thought that I didn't have that resonates with a truth I already know. I've heard someone say that the voice of God is like an intersecting thought, that I'm kind of thinking this way and all of a sudden I got a thought this way. I'll give you an example. So if you have been here for five years or more, you've heard this story because that's when it happened. And uh, so I was here at church and for lunch, uh, I was hungry and you know that I love Taco Bell, so I'm gonna go get myself a burrito. So cheap and so good, right? Healthy, we don't need to talk about that. And so I'm going down Woodgate and as I go, um, I, I get by City Market, and uh, there's a guy on the corner there, like there often are, and he has a sign, you know, uh, veteran, need a little help, and he's got his guitar behind him, he's got a suitcase behind him. And as I'm going, this intersecting thought comes, because all I'm thinking about is nachos and burritos. That's, that's what I care about at that moment. I look over, and I have this thought, and the thought is simply this, buy him a burrito. And so I think, okay, well, that seems like something God would say. You know, if it was like, give that guy 20 bucks, I'd be like, I don't know, God, I, I don't know if that's good. Like, I don't know if that's actually helping. I mean, I think we've read and the, many of us know that, that that's actually probably not the best way to go about it. So like, but buy him a burrito. I could sit down with him, you know, give dignity. Okay, that sounds like God. So this intersecting thought comes and says, I buy him a burrito. And so I come back and I think, okay, I'm going to eat lunch with him. And then I start like making this story and I've got all sorts of ideas and like, I'm going to lead him to Jesus and, and I'm going to baptize him right there. I don't know how, but we're going to, we're going to find a way for that to take place. And so we sit down and, and he's actually a pretty nice guy. And we, we talk and I prayed for him and we eat our burritos together. But then, and let me tell you, let me explain something to you. That just because it doesn't work out like you thought it was supposed to work out doesn't mean that you heard God wrong. Understand that? In fact, sometimes it could be a complete disaster and it's exactly where God was taking us. So this didn't work out like I wanted because the next thing that happens is he says, um, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. Will you watch my stuff? And I'm like, well, how long are you gonna be gone? And he's like, not long, I just got to the bathroom. And I'm like, well, hurry back. And so he's gone and there I am on the corner all by myself. <laughs> 
and I'm sitting there with a guitar with a little box sign that says, anything helps, you know? And I realize I'm panhandling. Oh my gosh. And this is a true story. This is really what happens. I'm sitting there panhandling and then a, a person drives by, cracks their window and says, hi, pastor. <laughs> hi. I'm so glad they didn't like throw $5 at me or something, you know? So the guy finally, I mean, he had a lot of work to do and he finally came back, you know? I wanted baptism. God wanted a burrito. And it's possible that maybe the whole thing was just God was thinking, man, that guy needs some relief. You know, he's going to hurt himself if he doesn't go over to the restroom here pretty soon. And I'm going to send my servant to take care of this other guy so he can go to the bathroom. I don't know. Maybe that's what God could do that, right? And oftentimes the problem is my expectation. Come on. I know you do what I do. God gives me this little word like, okay, I got it. Yeah, all right. And I build a huge story around it. He says burrito and I got baptism and revival in city market parking lot, right? Never said that. Just going to help a guy go to the bathroom. And I want you to help do it, right? And we build these things. Well, God doesn't talk to me because it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, right? God's talking to you all the time. Okay, you're helping me preach. All right. No, so you're likely missing it. Listen, I'll tell you when you're missing it. When your fear agrees with it. It's not God. When it builds your fears, that's good, good, good. God is perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. When, when you're hurt, when your pain, when your bitterness, when it agrees with it, that's not God's voice. When your insecurity says yes, and it increases, that, God doesn't talk like that. So what do you do? You wait until you're regenerated, new man, new woman in Christ, till your spirit agrees with what it says. And you say, that's true, that's right, that's pure, that's lovely, that's noble, that's good, that's God. Fits with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Talked about this last week. It brings love, joy. Peace is one of the big indicators for me. That word brings peace. God speaks peace to us. But here's the one thing. It will always, always, 100% of the time, be true. And it cannot contradict this because this is the truth. And God cannot lie. And I want to tell you that if it contradicts the word of God, it was not from God. It was a confusing, a changing. Maybe there was a part of it, but you added something that is not his truth because God cannot lie. And here's the other problem is sometimes we just don't trust God's heart towards us. I mean, how did you know it was Don Corleone? Because he's always got this kind of understated, menacing thing coming. Darth Vader, you know, when he speaks, he's always going to be lusting for power and trying to invite you in to the dark side, right? That's just what he does. So what does God say when he speaks? Well, we know that when God speaks, that there's always a way forward. I don't know what to do. See, God always has hope. God is never hopeless, so we know that in the middle of it, it's like you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. He's going to guide you because that's what God does. We just recognize his voice that way. We know that God always values you and he always values other people. 
So if it shows a lack of value for you or others, it's like, ah, I'm not so sure that's God. We know that God is always good. So you'll think on it and you'll be like, that's good. God brings good. You know, Ern McManus, pastor in California, one of the things I love that he says, he says, if you don't know what to do, you have two options. Just do the most good thing. Whatever's gonna bring the most good, you can just be sure that God is about good. Go that way. You know, if it aligns with his word and it's good, just trust and go. And if it's from the spirit, it's gonna reveal and bring about his fruit. And so we wait to find the Holy Spirit, the voice of life. And you know, the other thing is we've gotta follow it to its logical conclusion. Let's follow the fruit. What fruit does this bring? Where is this gonna take me? So for example, you're sitting there and you have this idea and you say, you know what? I think I should look up my old girlfriend on Instagram. Now, the last thing that Satan wants you to do is actually think about that. The last thing he wants you to do is to think about, well, where is that going to lead and where is that going to take me? But the word of God can handle it. It can handle your questions. It can handle your process. So, you know, Erwin McManus, you think about that move. Another thing Erwin McManus says, he says, I have never heard anyone ever say to me, boy, that affair really worked out for me. Really glad I did that. He said, on all his ministry, he's never heard it. I've never heard that either. Should think it through. Where's it going to take me? What's the fruit of this move? Or how about this? That, that you have this idea, you know, I should apologize to my kid. All right, let's think it through. What's going to happen? Well, I'm going to be a little embarrassed. I'm going to be a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to restore connection. And I'm going to model to my kid what a person who follows Jesus does when they do something wrong. That sounds like God. That sounds like good fruit is going to come out of that. I think I'm going to move forward on that one. I believe God's leading me to do that. You know, I, I uh, had this thought, uh, oh, about a week ago, uh, that I feel like uh, God uh, whispered to me, and the idea was um, that I should ask my kids, my adult kids, uh, what they wished I would have done differently. And so um, I went on a little bikepacking trip with uh, Mariah uh, this last week, and we were out in the middle of nowhere in a tent, and I was like, okay. And I'll tell you, I was a little nervous. I, I didn't know what I was going to get, but I, but I just said, okay, well, what, what do you wish that I would have done differently? And, and she told me. And, you know, it wasn't my favorite thing to hear, but it was a chance for me to apologize and to be honest and give a chance for her to just to kind of share her heart. Now, I've still got two more adult kids I need to do it with. I'll let you know how it goes. So, but we started there. So far, so good. And I want, to, I want to clarify something here. Listen, God can disagree with you. He's got the right to challenge you. He's got the right to say, no, that's not how it is. And what's more, when he does, he's right and you're wrong. He's right and you're wrong. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. I, 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 I don't even understand. I've heard this so many times. It doesn't make sense when someone says, well, I can never believe in a God who. You fill in the statement. Since when is your comfort with the truth an indicator of the veracity of the truth? Since when did God have to make his truth comfortable for you, right? And there's all sorts of things that are true that I don't like. Life isn't fair well, I can never believe in a life that isn't fair. Too bad you're in it. It's just true, right? Growth comes through struggle. I hate that. It's true. 
Here's one. I hate this one. This is true though. Not everyone is going to like you. Well, I'll make them. Guess what? Sometimes you can't. In fact, the harder you try, the worse it gets. That's just how it goes, right? I don't like those truths. I'm not comfortable with those truths, but the truth is the truth. And our agreement with God doesn't dictate the truth of his word. It doesn't dictate about what's true around us, right? It doesn't dictate his goodness or the correctness of his ways. And if we don't like it, guess where the problem lies? If we're not comfortable with it, guess who's got it wrong? Here's another thing is sometimes we just don't like God's timing, right? He promised, he promised he would guide us, but he didn't promise when he'd do it. He didn't promise he'd do it the way we want him to do it. But waiting on, on God, that, that is massive in scripture. We hear it all the time, to wait on the Lord. Be strong, take heart, but wait on the Lord. And there's so much, you have to understand this. We hate, does anybody else hate waiting? I hate waiting. But there is so much good that comes from waiting. And God loves us enough to let us go through that. You know, one of the things that waiting does is it clarifies our motives. Because we're asking, well, what God, what God, what God? And he wants to say, no, wait, wait a second, why? Why do you want that? Why are you asking for that? Hold on, just slow down for a little bit. We've got some things to talk about here before I give you the what. Okay, so sometimes it's just clarifying our heart in the midst of it. Or helping our heart align with him. You know, it's the right thing, but we want it for the wrong reasons. Another thing it does is it builds our character, right? Come on, immature people. What's the problem with immature people? They can't wait. And what do mature people know? Delayed gratification is often a good thing and brings a better thing. And if I'll just wait, it's gonna turn out better, right? So we wait to build our character or it just builds our relationship with him. We have to wait on him, look to him. You know, God doesn't just, he doesn't send emails because he doesn't want robots, he wants connection. You know, just tell me what to do, God, and I'll do it. Well, actually, I've got a lot more for you than that. I've got connection. I've got a conversation. I want to develop you. I want to develop our relationship together. And then sometimes waiting, it builds a faith that only waiting can build. And the answer comes, it was like I was waiting, I was hoping, I was praying. Now I see that it is the Lord who came and delivered me. I see that it is the hand of the Lord that was here in the midst of it. Or maybe we need to learn how to fight and wrestle and engage in some spiritual warfare here. American church, American church, listen, God is not looking for spoiled brats. He's not trying to develop spoiled children. He's looking for noble, confident complete, enduring leaders and warriors who go forward in the power of the kingdom of God. He's looking for a relationship. He's looking for connection. He's looking that we are in him and we move in him and our eyes are on him. Stop saying, well, God won't tell me. Now, you can say he hasn't made it clear yet. Still waiting. For some reason, he wants me to wait on this one. Okay. You know, about uh, two weeks ago, I decided to change my quiet time pattern just a little bit. So every morning, I get up, I read a little bit of the Bible, not much, 15, 20 minutes worth. And then, uh, you know, I journal some prayers, just write some bullet points down. And I decided, you know, I don't listen to God enough. I, I talk too much. And I need to spend a little time listening. So I decided that at the end of every quiet time for a little while, I'm going to ask, uh, okay, God, what questions should I ask you? So I've been doing that. So I get to the end, I've done all my prayers, everything, and I'm like, okay, Lord, 
Now I'm going to listen. What question should I ask you? So uh, about a week ago, um, I said, God, what question should I ask you? And I had this intersecting thought. And this thought came to me, ask me what Naya needs from you. Naya is my 11-year-old daughter. So I said, okay, God, what does Naya need from me right now in this stage of her life? And he told me. And he gave me a plan. And I was so thankful. And the beautiful thing about it is I wasn't even thinking about that. It wasn't even on my mind, but that's what God's heart was. He wanted me to address that. He wanted me to think a little bit about that. And see, we've got these promises in here. See, this is a theology problem. We've got these promises that we have to stand on. If any of you lacks wisdom, what do you do? Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. It's his promise. That's our theology. If you seek me, you will find me. If what? If you seek me with all your heart. Keep asking. Keep looking. Keep waiting. I will reveal it to you. That is his promise. If you knock on the door, I'll answer. I will open it up. Invite you in. I want to talk together. I want to have fellowship together. That's his promise. So that was the lecture for this morning. And I want to do a little bit of the lab right now. And we're just going to practice. Okay? I'm going to ask God to speak to you, and it's the Holy Spirit's in you. And I want you to understand that He can speak to you. And I think there's many of us right now that He's actually going to say something to you right now as you pray. And there's some of you, listen, some of you, you're not going to hear anything from God right now. And I want, I want you to know that it doesn't mean He's not talking. What it probably means is that He's got something that He's building and that He's working out, and it's going to take a little time to process, and it's going to come to you. So let's just come in faith that if we ask Him, He's going to tell us right now. And he may tell us in this moment or he may tell us in this week. I don't know, but he'll tell you. So will you do this with me if you're willing to? Just, you don't have to, but if you're willing, let's, let's, let's pray. So Holy Spirit, I ask right now, God, that, that you would just teach every single one of us something about hearing you. And God, I ask that right now, Lord, since you are in us, that you are with us, we stand on the truth that you are guiding us. I ask that you would come and bring some guidance right now. So as we ask these questions, Lord, I ask that you would give us your answers. All right, so here's the first prayer I want you to pray. Just ask God this right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, what area do you want to work on or touch in my life right now? Just ask him, Holy Spirit, what area do you want to work on or touch in my life right now? Maybe, maybe there's a sin that he wants to work with. Maybe there's a relationship, a family member. There's just something that he wants to work on. Lord, would you just show us? Holy Spirit, please come. Please show us right now. Help us hear you. Bring an intersecting thought, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you talk to us. Okay, now I want you to ask him another question. And this question is this. What do you want to do in that area? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Now, I see he's talking to a number of you. Some of you are wiping your eyes right now as he speaks. Thank you, Lord. You're so tender. You're such a gentleman, Holy Spirit. You're so kind. Your word's always good. Lord, show us what do you want to do in that area? What's your heart for that area, God? Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. More, Holy Spirit.
Okay, one more question. Holy Spirit, what's my first step? What's my first move? We'll do it, Lord. If you tell us, we'll do it. Just show us. Thank you that you like to talk to us, lead us. Thank you, God. All right, now I just want to ask you, is there anybody here who would say, well, God said something, I think. Okay, praise God. Now listen, if you didn't hear anything, listen, don't be discouraged. You can hear God. He's just building the package right now. He's got a bigger thing he wants to tell you. In fact, for some of, in some ways, I think it's more exciting because there's something that he's just arranging and he's going to reveal to you. Just keep your antenna up. Just be listening, okay? He's going he's gonna to tell you. But for those of you who heard something, listen, was it biblical? Does it line up with scripture? Is it good? Is it true? Well, then congratulations. You just heard from the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe came and told you something. I mean, that's pretty exciting. But he wants to do it all the time. He wants to do it every day. See, our theology is that he resides in us and that he is always guiding us, leading us in all truth. What a wonderful, amazing blessing the Spirit is. What a gift that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and that he speaks fluent us all the time. So Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us, that you're guiding us, that you're leading us. And Lord, I thank you that you can get through to any of us if we will just seek. In fact, you promise that if we seek you, we will find you if we seek you with all our hearts. So Lord, we come seeking. And Lord, we just come with our mouths open. We, we come ready to be filled. And Lord, don't let, us, don't let us be stubborn. Show us, Lord. God, we will submit. We'll say yes to what you say. And Lord, when you give us those words, if they're hard, if they're little, if they're big, we'll obey. Because we know your word is good. We know your spirit is true. So Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want to hear you more. We want to walk with you more. And we will obey you with all our might. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.